0: What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Come At Me, Bro. Episode 44 here, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside Drew,
1: gobble gobble,
0: and your Buffalo
2: Bills fan, Tyler. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. The Bills are eight <laughs> and three. They're playing on Turkey Day. I mean, if they win on Turkey Day, I think it'll be a good year. Even though it's been an okay year, it's gosh nine and three. They beat the Cowboys. Then, you know, it's in the public spotlight because Bills really haven't had a um, kind of a, what do you call it, like either Sunday night Monday night. signature win. Well, not even a signature win, just a Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night Uh, game. They haven't had any of that. So this is their first like Thursday night game and their only Thursday night game. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of like on the big stage. So don't embarrass us. Please don't.
1: Wow. Well, and then it's kind of good for them. They'll get to play this game and then they're going to get 10 days off and then they'll play the Ravens. In Buffalo, so boy, beating the Cowboys and having ten days to rest and prepare for that game, that's huge.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little scared of the Ravens, but I feel like our D is, is on point. And seeing all the Patriots make the mistakes against the Ravens, I feel a little better. Um, if we do get crushed, which I don't expect us to get crushed, <laughs> but uh, I think nah. I think the Bills, I think with with that type of offense that Lamar has and Greg Roman has, probably one of the biggest playbooks. Um, anybody has seen it's probably like three bibles combined um how big greg roman's playbook is but he he has he has so many different options that he can do i think the bills have a chance of at least seeing the number of games that lamar's played that you know they'll have they'll put up a good fight and it's well and the bills
1: kind of run a they run a similar-ish offense i mean you know josh allen's a pretty elusive dude um, and you've got some receivers who can make some great plays, so it's not like they haven't practiced against someone who can do some of those Lamar kind of things. I mean, Josh Allen's not Lamar, don't get me wrong, but he uh, he's a good model at least.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm a little scared when he runs with the ball because he has fumbled it. Um, yeah. He has turned it over, but I think from a from a size standpoint and a movement, I'm I do enjoy seeing Josh Allen run out of the pocket and get first downs safely out of bounds.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> now, as much as I do love this bills propaganda going on here on the podcast, <laughs> let's gobble our way to those Thanksgiving games. We will talk about the bills, but first the bears and lions kick us off on Thursday, Thanksgiving day at 1230 PM. So bears lions, the bears look great defensively. The lions looking a little lackluster without Stafford behind the line. What are your guys thoughts on this matchup? It is happening in Detroit. Tyler, who brings this one home and why?
2: The Bears have been awful. Oh my gosh, Mitch Trubisky—have they benched him yet? I no, really, actually won today. I barely though. I mean, I he probably what may he? I mean, it was either Tariq Cohen or maybe he got lucky and threw a pass, um, similar to the way Nebraska beat Maryland. I don't know if you guys saw that one. Just on a side <laughs> note, um, but two Nebraskas, two two Maryland players tipped the ball literally to Nebraska in the end zone and scored a touchdown. Anyways, um, yeah, the Bears have been. So bad. It is ridiculous how bad they are. And they should be they should be good, but they have no offense. They've, they've put all their money on Mitch Trubisky, and he has not panned out. Um, Driscoll has had his ups and downs. I think uh, if they're – you know, Detroit – I'm going to go with Detroit. I'm, I'm sure the Bear Bears are favored, but it's not by much because they can't score points. Detroit can score points. Um, I mean, they scored almost 27 against Dallas, I think. Um, so I – I see them, Dallas is a pretty good defense. I, I see them doing well against the Bears. They just got to get up early and hope that, you know, Trubitsky continues to choke as he always does.
1: So right now, uh, casinos have, those, have them at even, um, but I'm sure they haven't taken into account everything that's happened from this week just yet. Um, this is one of my favorite sayings. Uh, it always cracks me up. It, it hurts when it applies to your own team. Uh, and Tyler, you and I have both had this apply to our team in recent memory. Uh, the, the, the Lions are the best bad team in the NFL. Like, yeah, their record is three and seven and one, but so many of those games have come down to like one possession where if, you know, one thing had fallen the right way, they win the game. Um, and then losing Stafford obviously hurts that too, but they're going to be in Detroit. Their defense is not bad. Um, and Driscoll is slowly getting more comfortable. He did not play well today. Um, but you know, that, that, that happens when you're, uh, when you're young, it was against the Redskins though. So that's a little... Uh concerns oh, <laughs> yeah, but um I mean the
2: Washington, Washington racial slurs I think they think they just want a Super Bowl the way they are yeah
1: their yeah, their second game of the season, that's incredible. It's two more wins than I thought they would get this year, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i I think it'll at least be an interesting game, and by that, I mean it'll be close, it may also be dull, uh, but it won't be a blowout. I can tell you that. I'll probably pick the Bears to win it just because I think Driscoll will throw some more interceptions. Uh, he'll throw more interceptions than Trubisky, and that's really what it's going to come down to is who throws uh, who throws the lesser number of those.
0: Right. This one is going to be in the favor of Dub Bears. They are coming out da on Bears. top of this one. It's being played in Detroit, so yeah, Detroit gets a little bit of an advantage. If you have Stafford behind the line, I take the Lions 100% in this game. But with it being in Detroit, but without Stafford, I think it is a very different Lions team. Like Drew said, the defense is there. I think Trubisky will make mistakes and allow the the Lions defense to maybe get a score or two on the board, at least a few interceptions. But I think on the same side, Driscoll will do the same for the Bears defense. If he was suffering against the Redskins defense, I think he suffers even more against the Bears defense. I take the Bears in this one. Uh, I don't know the margin, but I would probably give them a 10 to 13 point margin.
2: Joey, I I really think they win by 10 to 13. Their
1: defense
0: is really good. The defense. I mean, if it's 16-19 to 19 against the Redskins, who is awful, such an awful defense, I think the Bears, with a pretty good defense and a really high interception defense, is really going to take advantage of a newer quarterback behind the line. I just, I think they're going to win by double digits.
1: Maybe they'll pull a Patriots and let the defense do all their scoring for them.
0: Yeah, and it might be late where they get that lead. It might not be early on. It could just drag out to the end, but then a late-game interception puts them just over. But, yeah, I think 10-13 is probably the margin I give the Bears in the victory. Dang.
2: Anyone see the I could be being a little crazy. Anyone see the video Dwayne Haskins of given of it, literally missing the final snap of the game for a selfie with a fan? No. Oh yeah.
1: That's the most Redskins thing I think I've ever heard though. Yep. Gosh, that's terrible. Yep. That makes me happy. <laughs>
0: that's so bad. <laughs> oh that team needs help it's a uh, fire. but another team that doesn't look like it needs help right now the bills actually playing really well the cowboys with a very tight loss against the patriots this week both yeah. these teams coming in decently hot i would say they've had their ups and downs but they've both shown very high offensive moments in particular the Bills showing a bit more on the defensive side than the offensive side they're playing 4 30 p.m on thanksgiving drew your cowboys up against the bills this one's happening in texas do you take your boys or are you taking tyler's boys
1: This is a tough one. If it were in Buffalo, I would 100% bet against my boys. Uh, But because it's in Dallas, where they will be indoors and weather uh, will not be a factor like it was today, uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it'll be similar in scoring, though, to today's game. I think it's definitely going to be a lower-scoring affair. A lot of field goals, um, and maybe even coming down to defense and turnovers. Uh, I... I just don't know. If I were betting money, if someone, you know, put a gun to my head and made me bet, I would probably bet on the Bills just because of the way they run their offense and the way the Cowboys have kind of struggled with the run game anyway and Vander Esch being out again, they already pretty much have said for Thursday. I I think the Bills are going to pull it off, and I hope not.
2: I'm that guy that would bet on the Cowboys and be happy to lose money. (laughs) <laughs> um, that's how I feel. Cause I'm just scared of the little hamster that could, uh, Zeke, whatever you want to call him. He, he, I mean, he's just, just seeing how good he is on the run and how he literally gets two, three yards every time he hits someone forward. Um, the guy doesn't go back very often and mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that forever. He may do that for another year or two, but it, I mean, the defense of the bills is good. But it's in a passing. It's not very good at stopping the run. Um, we did pretty well today. Broncos didn't have really have a chance. Um, but when it comes to stopping run run teams, um, it I feel like it's going to be either a field day for Zeke or the Bills are going to hold their own. And so it's really going to depend. If Zeke has over 100 yards, Cowboys are going to win. Um, but if the Bills can hold him to 100 yards, which is, is not impossible, but it's definitely not likely. Um, then I think the boys are gonna win. So, not 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 my boys, dub boys, cowboys um, are gonna win. So, I think if huh. yeah, it's it's. T- I would rather lose ten dollars and the see the Bills win than than bet on the Bills. They're gonna win.
1: You can tell Tyler that we're both very uh, um jaded well, by our teams that we're each picking the other person's team. We're we're too afraid to bet on our own guys. Well, who- but Drew, who have been who, hurt too many times.
2: Drew, who are you afraid of on the bills? I don't know how you could be afraid of anybody on the bills, really.
1: Shaq Lawson.
2: Ah, he's, he's overrated.
1: But on on offense, honestly, just Josh Allen. Um, yeah. Uh, the way we've not done well against the run, I could see him just zipping around some of our guys when we stack like in the middle or something and, and causing trouble that way.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to get against you both in different ways. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I think the Cowboys do win. I do think Zeke is going to be held under 100 yards, though. I don't think he breaks the century mark. I think he's held under. Maybe it's at 92. Maybe it's a little bit more, but I don't think he hits that century mark, and I do think the Cowboys come out on top, mainly because the Bills are traveling. If this game was played up in Buffalo, I think it's a lot closer game. I still think it'll be close, but I do think the Cowboys come out on top, especially after a great game against the Patriots. They got screwed on a few calls, a few play calls of their own, a few referee calls here and there. When in doubt, I think the Cowboys are angry. They're going to come into this game very hungry. They've historically done pretty well on Thanksgiving, and I think, unfortunately for the Bills, they are going to take a loss here. But they should not put them down. The Bills look like a great team right now. I think they can continue to build up, but I do think they take a loss this week. Anything else on that one, boys?
2: Mm, Go, Bills. I'm
1: glad that that both teams played today, so neither of us have the excuse of, well, it was a short week. (laughs) Other than the
2: fact that you played at four and we played at one. (laughs) Right. Ah, And and we we played in the rain
1: in a a very, very physical game. See, I'm already doing it. I'm already making excuses.
0: (laughs) Yeah, enough of that. We'll see what happens 4.30 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. But... After that fun action, the rivalry of Drew versus Tyler, we have the New Orleans Saints up against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, The Falcons looking like they've had their wings clipped in recent weeks. The Saints, on the other hand, doing pretty well. Uh, They've had some bad losses here and there, but overall the team has been flying high. When we look at this matchup in particular, historically the Saints and Falcons have had great matchups. Do you expect this to be one of those great matchups or do you expect the same of the same of what we see, the Saints really doing well and the Falcons not so well? Tyler?
2: I think the Saints are going to come out Guns blazing, I think they're gonna remember the loss they had against them two weeks ago, where they lost twenty-seven to nine. And the Saints are gonna be fired up, ready to go um, against the little birdies. So the little birdies are gonna have a big problem when Drew Brees passes for over four hundred yards, and Michael Thomas receives, you know, about two hundred of those yards because he's on my fantasy team. So um, yeah, I think the Saints are are gonna be marching in uh, with with great. Uh, acceleration, like similar to what they did against Carolina, but Carolina came back um, this week. So I think the Saints – this is this is the point where they have to make a stand of saying we're not like these past two weeks. We are the Saints. We've always been dominating and destroying.
0: Drew, Falcon Saints.
1: Uh, I don't know. The – Logic tells me to pick the Saints, but uh, the last time I listened to Logic and picked the Saints over the Falcons, they cost me my run in ESPN's Eliminator Challenge. Uh, So, I don't take anything for granted anymore. Um, I don't know. That being said, after watching them today, even though Carolina did, Mount's a pretty impressive comeback. Uh, You have to remember that Carolina has the god of football, Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, the Falcons have no one like that. The closest thing they have is... uh, Matt Ryan, and he's a little more like Achilles uh, with a bad heel. But I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Saints. Just everything seems to be clicking again for them. They have all their people back, uh, especially if they get Lattimore back at corner. I know he was out today, um, which is part of what helped that comeback happen. So it, I don't think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think it's going to let everyone go to bed early on Thanksgiving because the Saints are just going to come out and blow it up quick.
0: I think it's going to be closer than you guys think, but I say pray up Falcons fans because the Saints are going to go home in this one. As our boy Daniel Tilson foretold in the fantasy football draft – Draft Breeze high because he's coming out hot. As Tyler said here, I think the Saints are going to be high flying, especially through the air in this one. Uh, Breeze did not really have the greatest stats last time these two teams faced. I believe it was Breeze, not Bridgewater in that one. Uh, I do think Breeze comes out hot in this one. I think he's going to get it going really early on. I think they're going to spread the field well and then set it up for some Kamara action through the middle. Uh, Overall, I think the Saints are the better team in this. I do think it's going to be closer than people are expecting, though.
2: Anyone see the uh, piñata of Melee? (laughs) Anyone see that yet? The the Mason Rudolph piñata? Yes. Yes. Smacking it with the helmet. (laughs) Browns fans,
1: keep it classy.
2: I mean, people think (laughs) Bill's fans are bad for breaking tables, but I mean, this is pretty bad.
1: And then Rudolph got benched today, which is also hilarious. But I mean, they were losing to the Bengals, so...
2: Gosh, the Bengals have just... Literally been so close to winning a game. I mean, I, I kind of want to ask you guys: Will the Bengals get a dub this year? Uh, Let's. I need to check out their schedule. Yeah, no, no, I don't. Want, I want, I want you just to. It doesn't matter who they're playing, Do you Will they get? I'm a gonna dub? say,
1: I think they'll get one. I, I don't think they go winless. There, there's enough people on that team that they shouldn't go winless. So I would bet they will get a win, and probably it's gonna come in the last week or two if they end up playing someone who's coasting.
0: I say lock them behind the cage, baby. This Bengal's saying in the zoo this month. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I think this team is just, when they click on one cylinder, the other one just shuts down completely, whether it be defense versus offense. Now you got Andy Dalton benched. You have a new quarterback in. I think Andy Dalton comes back out next week, maybe the following week. they got to make some changes. Maybe once A.J. Green gets back, once A.J. Green gets off this health stint thing, if he returns to the field, if he can draw even single coverage... I think A.J. Green could be the difference maker in this team. I don't know if it's enough to get a win, but I think it is enough to put more points on the board at the very least.
1: Here you go. Scenario. On December 22nd, second to last game of the year, they play the Dolphins. So at this point, the Dolphins are well beyond knowing the fact that they're done, and Josh Rosen is starting again so they can evaluate him some more. He's terrible. Uh, Andy Dalton is back as the starter. A.J. Green is back on the field the Bengals beat the Dolphins to get their one win of the season.
2: I mean even if they would get one win, they may still have the number one pick. And maybe uh, that's yeah. what they're waiting maybe that's what they're waiting for. Cuz now that the Reds they want to have that for luck worked
0: so well, didn't it?
1: Yeah, the Dolphins have two wins, so unless they somehow win two of their last five, the Jets have four wins. That's who they play next week. They could maybe win that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I the Jets just beat Oakland, which is kind so of they, shocking.
1: The Jets, yeah, yeah they've won one in a row, so they might be on a streak now. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. they uh, The Jets have won three in a row.
0: Wow. Yeah, the Jets have been doing pretty decently lately.
1: They beat the Giants, the Redskins, and the Raiders. One of those teams is decent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the Dolphins lost today to the Browns, who is another, I believe, the Browns play... Who were we just talking about? Cincinnati. The Browns play Cincinnati twice. Yep. So the Browns did take them, the Dolphins. So if anyone has a chance, I think I got to give it to them in that Dolphins matchup. But even then, I think the Dolphins still come out on top.
1: Eh. They're playing all practice squad guys.
0: I just think by that point, the Bengals have just given up on life almost. <laughs> like the coach already knows he's probably going to be fired. They already nah, know they have so coach. many issues all over the place. I, I mean, but do you keep him after this? This team is not that bad. <laughs> This team I I, should not be with this record.
1: Missing A.J. Green is a big, big problem.
0: But A.J. Green is missing every season for at least six games, it feels like.
1: But they didn't even have time to get an identity going, and there's something wrong with their defense. I don't know what it is, but it keeps the offense from being able to have a chance. So I, I I don't know. I just I don't think it's on the coach. I think it's a personnel issue at some of those spots in the trenches and and I think you give him another offseason to actually coach his guys the way he wants to do it and get in a couple more guys that they've traded away or let walk or anything like that and for just the love of goodness get rid of Tyler Boyd he's not a number one receiver
2: what yeah I don't think you get rid of Boyd I drafted him actually I drafted Joe Mixon like the second round so get rid of Uh, him too Oh, yeah. I can't get rid of this because there's been no other hit, running backs pun in the Yeah, if, if I told you that I've yes, I drafted Tyler Boyd probably like maybe seventh, eighth round, knowing that Adrian Green was out, so I was like he's gonna get a lot of receptions. And then one of my other leagues, I drafted Joe Mixon, I think in the might have been the first or second round, believe it or not. Um, in that league, I got rated the worst draft, like ESPN. You know how they rate the draft picks or whatever. So I I got was like 14th out of, I was last. Um, And what am I in that league? Oh, eight and three. Okay. All right. So draft schmaft. Uh, Joe Mixon gets the ball. He gets touchdowns. That's all I care about.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's funny. So speaking of in-laws, I just got this random text. Uh, They're trying to figure out some things that they need to bring down this weekend. I was like, why am I getting texted right now? Um. Yeah, good times. So yeah, overall, my fantasy draft has sucked this year, Tyler. So I'm glad you're having better luck than I am. Uh, I seem to have found the bug I found a few years ago where I decided to draft all the players that are going to get injured this year. Um, and the theme is continuing so far through whatever week we're on. I continue to find new injuries and kickers that are breaking their legs and all different fun, good things. So my fantasy team sucks. But fortunately for you guys, the Cowboys and the Bills are looking pretty good. Speaking of college basketball, though, because we do need to make a bit of transition. We talked about it last week. We said we were going to touch on college basketball more. I think now is the time to do that. Let's talk a bit about our alma maters first. Tyler and I went to George Mason University. We are currently sitting at a five and one record, just picking up our first loss this past Friday against Maryland, uh, who is rated, I believe, as the number five team in the country at the time. I don't know if you saw any of the game, Tyler. I was keeping up with the stats for it. I feel like we played pretty good overall. We just let them get a really good run at the end of the first half that ended up killing us.
2: So, uh, yeah, it was up by 10 and in the first half. Um, and so with that lead, Mason had no chance of coming back. We haven't played anyone in the first five games other than Maryland. But um, the 8-10 is not completely falling apart. But I definitely think um, we have to be winning the tournament or at least top one or two throughout we have to win pretty much all of our conference games. So with VCU, with um Rhode Island, those are gonna be our toughest competitors. Um St. Bonaventure, um, those are gonna be our toughest competitions.
0: So GMU has a tough road to climb in the A ten ahead of them. Drew, over to Tennessee Tech. How are they looking so far this season?
2: Uh
1: not great. They're two and five so far. Um won a couple big like they beat uh they beat Winthrop that was a pretty exciting game that was their most recent one. Uh they've got some young guys. Uh they lost several folks from last year. They got a new coach the last t- uh, two years ago. Um so they've kind of restarted a few things. So they're I think by the time they get around to conference play, they'll be better and I think they actually have a shot at maybe winning their conference tournament. I don't think they'll win the conference outright, but um they'll they'll get something together by then, but just not a not a great start to the season at all. I mean, they lost to Western Kentucky, they lost to Wright State, they lost to UNC Greensboro, they lost to Appalachian State, they lost to Montana State, which I didn't even know was a school. So, not not great. But you know, it's uh, it's possible that they'll they'll turn something around. Now, honestly, I'm I'm more excited about Tennessee basketball because that's like been my team for forever, and they're actually good. So,
0: and Tennessee is looking pretty good. So. In the AP Top 25 for Week Three, they are sitting at number 20. It looks like with a record of three and zero on that one, and then over in the coaches poll at number 17, again with that same record, moving up eight from their last spot. So Tennessee looking pretty good. They're in the top 25. They're not in the top 10 yet, but they are trending upwards. It seems.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they're beating Washington, uh, who was ranked number 20 at the time, definitely helped them out a lot in moving back into their rankings uh, after losing. Uh, three guys from their team last year, Grant and Admiral and Jordan Bone. Um, people had their doubts, uh, but they still have Bowden and Lamonte Turner, who both just crossed the 1,000-point uh, mark for Tennessee. Uh, they did it in the same game uh, against Alabama State. So that's cool that they did it at the same time. Um, they have a couple young guys. One guy who's a five-star that's playing pretty well. So I think um, I'm trying to temper my expectations a little bit. I know it's going to be a tough year because they're replacing those guys. Um, December 14th. They play Memphis, and I think that's going to be the biggest early indication of how this team is going to be. Uh, Memphis, I think, will have their guy back by then. I can't remember. They may not, so it won't be the, a perfect indicator, but Memphis is still a talented team, and I think how they play that game is going to say a lot for uh, what Tennessee basketball has in store, but I'm I'm excited for this year. I think they're at least tournament bound.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to expect there, and like you said, Memphis is a great team to go up against, especially a Memphis team that is ranked number 16 in that same AP poll that Tennessee is 20 in, and then on the opposite side, on the on the coaches poll, Tennessee is actually ranked ahead of them, 17 versus 20, so depending if you're coming from the coaches side or the AP side, Tennessee versus Memphis, some are rating them higher than one another, so I'm very curious to see where they level out as both kind of even out around that 17-18 rank right now. But on top of that, we're way out for March Madness. We're only here in November. It's the way too early March Madness talk time, guys. So our top teams right now, we have Duke, we have Louisville, we have Michigan State, Kansas, and North Carolina rounding out the top five. Maryland that we just talked about sitting in that number six spot and the defending champions, Virginia, in number seven. So it's way too early to decide who's going to get the one seeds, to decide who's going to move on. But I do want to hear your thoughts on some of these lower end teams right now in those 20 to 25 range or the people just outside of the voting range. Are there any teams down there that you expect to just pick up as the season goes on? Maybe it's a younger team that's going to get more experience as the season goes on. Or maybe it's someone you think is just going to make a crazy run in the conference championship. What are your way too early predictions for the bottom half of the rankings here?
1: Oh, uh, well, I think Florida is going to move back into the rankings. The, they dropped out after an early season loss. I don't remember to who, um, but they got that fantastic transfer from Virginia Tech. Can't remember his name. Uh, he also was looking at Tennessee. That's the only reason I know that. Um, they're a very talented team. Florida is always competitive, and they do have some young guys that were playing really well last year. So those young guys still being there, plus the transfer that they got, um, I think that team is going to start to gel and. Become uh, a threat both to Tennessee and to Kentucky for uh, SEC supremacy. Um, beyond that, I think we also have to watch for Evansville. Um, you know, it was very early on. Was, I know, I know, I know. I I don't think they're gonna finish like top ten or undefeated or anything. But I think they'll win enough games that they'll actually get considered for for polling place. Good joke. Uh, you don't you don't knock off a team like Kentucky even at the beginning of the season and not not get some attention. Them. and maybe they won't live up to the attention and it'll it'll, you know, make their season seem even worse. But I think they're at least worth watching.
2: I'm telling you, if that's a January game, then it, it gets more publicity, but it got just the amount of publicity it needed, which was maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> and then something else more important came about. So um, Literally anything else. Yeah. Yeah. The melee unfortunately overtook that. Um Ugh. Uh my way too early is um going to be Oregon uh they are going to they're number 11 I believe right now um and they're they're gonna end up being top five um throughout throughout the year uh but they're gonna be a quiet top five where you know since they're a west coast team no one watches any west coast games so no one's gonna you know as long as they keep winning they're gonna stay around number five um I don't know why Louisville is number two that seems ridiculous um, agree. I agree, I guess, but uh, that—that's to me. I would say that maybe they're fifteen, top twenty, but not number two. That just seems crazy. And then another one is Villanova. Um, they're I think number seventeen or something right now. So I expect them to move up the charts uh, as the season goes on.
0: Uh, A few others left off the chart for me that they at least dip in every now and then. I think Oklahoma will eventually make some dips into the top 25 if they haven't already. St. Mary's is another one that usually, they usually teeter around that 18 to 25 range at least a few times throughout the season. They always make a good little run in March Madness time. Uh, I would not be surprised to see them mark their way back up here. Uh, LSU is actually getting a lot of votes right now. I've not seen them play. They're good. Are they as good as people (laughs) are anticipating? Um, Or saying, I guess?
1: I think they're not quite as good as they were last year, but they're close. So I think they're a top 25 team. That's the most objective thing that I can say about them because they are my SEC rival and their coach is a cheater who shouldn't be allowed to coach anymore.
2: <laughs> Cheetah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cheater. Like Tom Brady and Belichick. Bunch of cheaters.
1: Oh no, this, he's actually been like formally uh, convicted of it. So.
2: Oh my god. Still has Belichick and Brady. Yeah, I
1: guess they have too. Yeah, fair point.
2: The cheating squad.
0: So a lot of interesting action down there, whether it be talented basketball teams or cheaters. Apparently, if you ask these two, Uh, a lot of good stuff ahead of us. Though we do, we're just at the end of November, so we have about three, four months left to go before we start getting some of that March Madness voting going. Uh, I'm excited as always. Yeah, I mean, most of it. We really (laughs) haven't started any conference play yet, have we?
1: No, conference play won't start until January. Right. So this is plenty, all tournaments and time. out of conference stuff, yeah.
0: Well, you say it like that, but also keep in mind that a lot of these teams have to get wins in these tournaments even get considered for March Madness vote.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm not I'm not trying to discount them at all. I'm just you'll get more games that have right. more impact as we get further in.
0: Right. So this is that time for those little teams to try to get some little extra movement for their votes or maybe knock off that top dog because they're cheating or other reasons out there. Uh, so we'll see what happens so far. The tournaments have been pretty interesting. There's been some good knockoffs. Uh, like Drew said, with Evansville, that one was a pretty good upset as well. So we'll see how this goes as the season continues on. And I have high hopes for our alma mater, George Mason. I don't know if they'll take the A-10 Tyler, but I think, I think we might have a small shot at a big bid. If we can take down some big teams on the way.
1: Oh, Duke continues to get help from the referees. I don't know if any of y'all saw their most recent game, but it was just as bad as the UCF game in the tournament last year. Uh, so Duke will uh, probably win the ACC thanks to their eight-man team that they get to have out on the court every game.
0: Drew, is that a salt shaker I hear over there?
1: (laughs) Hey, they didn't beat Tennessee, so I don't care about that.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying. yeah, You're coming after Duke. Tyler's coming after Louisville. I don't know what's going to go on here next. Good time, guys. I think we're just about coming to an end. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on on this lovely Thanksgiving week episode?
2: Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. With
0: that being said, our dear turkeys out there that listen to this, you can find us on Twitter at C A M B Podcast. That is Come At Me Bro Podcast, C A M B Podcast. You can also email us at that same one right there, C-A-M-B podcast at OTNmedia.org. Any questions, comments, anything like that, hit us on up with those. We can talk about them on the show. Additionally, if you like what we do here at OTN and at this podcast, go ahead and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash OTN. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week go oh. This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.